High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, former health class students, lifetime junkies, oh, and an extra special shout out to the school nurses out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the slumber party's at my place this evening, but first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Well, if you're in the United States, I hope you did the most important assignment that I asked you to do last, what, Monday, I guess, the last time we, well, we talked on Friday, I'm aware of that, but I asked you to vote. I hope you did. Friday, we weren't sure what happened, but we had a clear winner over the weekend. Congratulations, Mr. Joe Biden for becoming president, and big congratulations to Kamala Harris, first woman vice president, highest ever ranking executive woman in the history of the United States. Wow, I sound terrible putting those words together, but you know what I mean. I'll never be vice president, but whatever. Uh, Big congratulations to them. It was a tough fought race. Nice to see. Happy for them. Happy with the outcome personally. We're not going to get too political here obviously, because this is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic films. Nowhere in that is it politics. But, you know, I got to mention it. I went to school for government and politics. I'm actually a political junkie. This is just something I do in my other free time, High School Slumber Party. But yeah, just wanted to congratulate Harris and Biden for that win. It was gripping. I got some sleep over the weekend because of it. And uh, we'll move on from there, and we'll look forward to seeing what that administration is like. And it reminds me, too, COVID, still a problem around the world and in the United States. Just want to give a shout-out once again to my healthcare heroes out there. All the love for the hard work you continue to do. This is kind of a health-related film. It's not a COVID-related film, but it does have health concerns in it. We'll talk about it, because your other homework was to watch a Lifetime film. And the Lifetime film is called She's Too Young. We love this Lifetime series. Joe, too, he's our Lifetime guide. And, oh, my God, I have so much fun talking with him about these movies. We actually recorded this one way back, I think April or May. I wanted to have an episode in the vault in case of emergency. It's like break in case of emergency. Well, we had to because I asked a lot of people to be on High School Slumber Party this last past week, and no one wanted to do it because they were too afraid of the election outcome. Regardless of what side you were on, it was a tense election. I get it, so had to pull some episodes that we recorded previously but hadn't aired yet. But honestly, I was so happy to air this one because it is awesome. It's hilarious. It's fun. And extra credit homework, 
If you haven't listened to any of the other Lifetime episodes with Joe 2, listen to them. They're great. I asked you to watch the movie, but you don't really have to. We fill you in so much. They're silly. They're fun. Ugh, and this one is no exception. And by the way, you can check out those old Joe 2 Lifetime episodes and whatever other episodes you want of High School Slumber Party at our archive at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And of course, wherever you're listening right now, whether it be Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a little review? Why don't you uh, give us a five-star rating? And when you're not there, tell a friend. Tell a friend about all the fun things that happen on a bi-weekly basis, Mondays on Fridays, on High School Slumber Party. Woo! One more bit of homework. I hope you checked out our episode on Friday with Galen Howard. Galen is great. Galen's on a lot of podcasts, but he's an actor. Look up his IMDb. I'm sure you've seen him in something. But he brought Over the Edge to us, Matt Dillon's first film. That was a fun one, a little under-the-radar film, but that film inspired Kurt Cobain. That film inspired Richard Linklater. It's a very uh, formative film, so definitely check that one out as well. Listen to our episode on it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Sit down. We'll get out of here in good time. I promise. You'll listen to this great Lifetime episode on She's Too Young. I give you my word. But wanted to mention one thing, and maybe this should be a high school movie news segment. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'll deliver the sad news. We lost Alex Trebek, Jeopardy host over the weekend. Rest in peace. We knew he was battling cancer. Tough loss. I mean, an iconic performer on TV, an iconic game show host, maybe the most iconic game show host, certainly of a certain generation. But Alex Trebek, rest in peace. It's not a high school film, but I always think of a uh, that scene with Rosie Perez. And I'm not. I'm not gonna try to do the Alex. Okay, I am trying, but I'm not as good. I don't do a good Rosie Perez. But God, I wish I could do a good Rosie Perez. I would annoy all my friends. But you know that scene in White Man Can't Jump where she's on Jeopardy? I'll always think of that. So, wow. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. That's a big loss. Curious to see what they do with Jeopardy. Maybe they've announced it. Maybe they haven't. But I'll check that out for sure. Another thing I wanted to mention quickly before we got into this episode, High School Slumber Party Hall of Fame. Yeah, behind the scenes, we're making moves. That's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to elect some special people into our Hall of Fame for the first time ever, the inaugural class. Stay posted for that. If you are a potential voter, if you think you might be a potential voter, remember, I'm keeping the voting to an exclusive class of high school film experts. You'll be getting your emails this week with the ballots. Get those in soon, exclusive voters, because, yeah, This one's going to be big. And this time we're electing individuals like actors and filmmakers who you can't write the history of high school films without. So stay posted for that. But without further ado, let's end this classroom session and get to the slumber party. Pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's because we're about to get our party on. Not a lot of music to isolate from this soundtrack. Honestly, I had to kind of take it from clips, but I took this from clips. This is, well, I don't know the name of the song. It's just the cheerleaders singing in their living room from She's Too Young. Class dismissed. Five, six, seven, eight, I'm banging. I'm cute. I'm more popular than you. Great clothes, mustache, 
Boys love to grab my ass. I'm rocking, I'm hot, you want what I want. <laughs> Joe, as always, I feel like we're in store for a wild ride today. Uh, <laughs> I love when you bring me these nice lifetime packages. Again, I feel like you're my lifetime mailman of sorts. It's always something fun and interesting and different, which I like. Today, you've given us the gift of She's Too Young from 2004. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, Like like you're saying, yeah, I like to... So, you know, we came in with High School Lover... Right, that was just to get you enticed a little bit. <laughs> okay, it had big actor in it. You know, you got James Franco. Then we came in with Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. Okay, that's a new one. You got to see how Lifetime is now. It was really zany. Mm-hmm. They're like embracing it. And now I took you back to a classic. This is what they started out as. This is, you know, the glory days before when they were still serious, right? They didn't mm-hmm. really embrace what they had become yet. So it's just like, you know, a little bit different vibe. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. So Joe, before we get in too far, please introduce yourself in the classic high school slumber party way. Yes. Joe 2, the Pittsburgh Central Catholic. (laughs) Roll Vikes. Yes. Home of the Dan Marinos. Home of the Dan Marinos. That's true. Yeah, very true. (laughs) And yeah, this is an interesting series. It's such a different series. So like in terms of this podcast... I feel like a completist. Like I want, no, I don't can't. I know I can't do every <laughs> high school film. Yes, but I want to try to do as many as possible. But when it comes to lifetime movies, I would have another, you know, at least two hundred if I did every high school film. So that's why I let you curate which ones we should talk about. Dude, you don't even know how much research. <laughs> this is the second time I've watched this movie this week. That's how deep. <laughs> That we had to run, like, I have, my whole queue is full of classic Lifetime high school films. Like, I got many, many that, like, I'm like, oh, these are ones that I remember being great. These are ones that sound interesting. I got a whole batch of them just waiting. Oh, yeah, and, and I can't wait to explore it. So this one, I had remembered the title, at least, and once I started watching, I realized that, though I hadn't seen it, I was kind of familiar with it because... I don't know, it brought me back to something I totally forgot about. But in high school, like when I was actually in high school, yeah, that's when I guess I had the most exposure to Lifetime films. Ooh. I might not watch them, like, you know, front to back, but I guess that was the last time I was really, like, channel surfing, if you will. Like, up and down on the remote, what's on. At your parents' house. Cool. Yeah, they yeah, have cable. Exactly. So you have, like, all the <laughs> options. It's not like now where, like, none of us have cable really like you would have the lifetime channel exactly yeah and even if you do have cable right today there are so many more channels that you're not flipping you're just like oh these are my three channels or you got tivo you got on demand now exactly yeah so so this harkened back to an era when i did actually see some lifetime films like i said i didn't see this one but a couple of them that I saw, like, came back to memory. Like, one, I think I might have mentioned it before, one called Too Young to Be a Dad came out around this time. <laughs> this it was, was stuff like that. Yeah, this was a great era. And um, this was, like, you know, the scary, the what is my teen up to kind of era of Lifetime, right? There was a lot of, like, mom fear films, like a lot of mom porn in the, in the sense, not <laughs> not, like, MILF porn, but, like, mom porn, like... <laughs> Moms would watch this to, like, you know, get their nice, you know, scariness of the world outside that their teens might be participating in. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I remember most of them being like, right? Like, 
scary, <laughs> you know? And yeah. not horror scary. The world is a crazy place. It's dangerous outside. Hide your kids, hide your wife, these kind of things. Exactly. And this is no exception. She's too young. <laughs> okay, so two questions. Yes. First, why this film? Why was it your choice this time? You said you had a whole slew of ones you could pick from. Why she's too young? One, this is one I vividly remember laughing about with my mother. Because, you know, she would put movies on like this. I would laugh. The first movie that she ever watched like this that I found hysterical was, I think I probably mentioned it before, called Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) The story of Amy Fisher. That one is incredible. And I remember watching that one and laughing hysterically. And when these ones were coming out, this is when the titles were getting really good, right? So I remember her like passing this one or putting this one on or watching a different one and seeing the advertisements for this one. And I was like, oh my God, that title is incredible. Like she's too young. And then I, even back then, was hoping that it was a series of like, she's too old. She's too small. She's too big. (laughs) And like I was, you know, because Lifetime was starting to do kind of these like, you know, series or like related theme type things. So um, I just vividly remember laughing about She's Too Young with my mom. And I remember watching it back then on TV. And also, I brought this one to you today because I wanted you to see, like, the classic Lifetime, the era that I remember, you know, something a little bit different, and it fit the theme really well. It's endlessly quotable. It's really bad. And I was like, okay, this hits all the notes of, like, why I fell in love with them. So I wanted to give you something early on that drew me in to, like, love these types of films. Oh, yeah, I totally get it. And that kind of segues nicely into my next question. Um, which I kind of ask of you every time. We've talked about what makes a good Lifetime film. What does this have and what doesn't it have? And I think, well, okay, sub-question here. Yes. What has changed throughout the years? Like what 2020 or 2019 Lifetime film, what are the ingredients that has and what are the ingredients that are more uh, common in a 2004 Lifetime film? At this time, they are addressing real issues, Right, like a syphilis outbreak in a school, that's a real issue. But the thing is, is at this point, they're making films that they think are like educational for parents. And like I said before, they're not embracing that these are like wacky, crazy, bad films with, you know, D tier actors, that they really are like trying to make good movies that are helping, and they're not. So from that time in like 2004 through like 2007, 10, like they're really trying to like make movies that they think could be helping. And now we have movies where they're just like, we know that these are going off the rails. They're just going to be fun. They're going to be for people like even like me, you know, like I'm not the target demographic, but like I can watch a new Lifetime movie. You can watch a new Lifetime movie and be like, wow, that was just so bananas that it was just a blast, right? So I think that this one has has lots of tinges like that. And the classic ones, they also have stuff like handycam footage, right? <laughs> There's a lot of like really bad production that they like kind of wash out now because it's so easy for anyone to know, you know, shoot digitally now that mm-hmm. they can like make them all kind of look the same like soap opera-y, but well-produced films. And like back then they had to deal with like lower budgets and stuff like that. So, you know, you get to kind of glimpse into that. And like, oh, God, the old original music that they would have in all of these. Like, <laughs> I know that they have, like, new original music, but, like, the old ones. 
Something that this one's missing is although she plays cello, she doesn't have her own musical number in the film. <laughs> Rachel and I always make a joke that like they hire a lot of these actresses and they're like, look, we'll give you a singing part in this film and maybe you'll have a music career from it. And they're like, okay, I'm in. Oh, <laughs> I get that. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's like a springboard, right? Like They're like, okay, like we'll let you sing like a full song in the middle of this movie, and you can be like an aspiring singer. And like if it's good, then like you know you could take... Like, this will jumpstart your career. And it's like, no, it won't. It's a Lifetime movie. <laughs> You're just kind of like, you know, trapped here forever, kind of. Or not. But yeah, so those are the... Those are the classic tropes that it had in this one. I'm surprised that they didn't have a holiday at some point, but we do kind of feel like it's almost near Christmas time. That would have been good. And there's no real murders in this one, which is sad. But, you know, it's how it goes sometimes. We've, we've worked a lot more murders into them as we've gone on. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that was in my notes. I'm like, I'm surprised someone didn't get murdered. <laughs> yeah. Because there was, there was room for it. There was, yeah. Or just somebody dies from syphilis, right? Like, we could have yeah. had that happen. But no, no, like they're saying, they're, they're trying to stick to reality. They're trying to make an informative movie. It just really doesn't work. So Yeah, that's something I definitely picked up on as well. This one had, um, again, a sense that, A, they were trying to teach you a lesson. Yes. Even though they, you know, I, maybe I'm remembering high school wrong, but definitely it feels like this high school, the volumes turned up to 11 on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're really accentuating the high schoolness here, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, where did you watch this one, by the way? Oh, at my house, in my living room. I remember it was, like, the first house we lived in. <laughs> like, I mean, this time, you know, I watch it in my house here. But, like, I remember watching it with my mom. My sister was very little. Like, I just remember it being on on a Saturday afternoon. It was, like, the perfect time to watch it and just, like, giggling the whole time. And my mom's laughing <laughs> that I'm laughing. Just a very fond memory of it. And it's just, like, right, like, when I say made for TV, obviously all these movies are made for yes. TV. but. Definitely, this one has certain qualities that it was, like, made to be caught while, like I said, changing the channels. Yes. It has those, Folding like, natural... laundry is what I always say, <laughs> right? It's a movie meant for when you're folding laundry. <laughs> okay, so this was also an era when they were releasing a lot of these on DVD afterwards. I don't know if they do that too much today. I don't think but so. But I, no I noticed you could buy it on DVD, so I did... Uh, find some copies though i couldn't find a back of the dvd screenshot unfortunately oh. so i just took took this from like an amazon okay. uh, this summary from like an amazon thing with marcia gay harden and alexis Dzerna, Dzerna? i don't know <laughs> alexis Dzerna yes. in lead roles the story involves a mom trish who discovers that her daughter hannah has slept with multiple partners even though she's only 14 years old I don't think that, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Entering into a battle against a society which, which is apathetic to the problem, as well as alienating her own daughter, Trish attempts to take care of Hannah, produce mixed results. Powerful and moving, this is a precedent piece of filmmaking oh. that isn't afraid to hold a mirror up to the rapidly decaying moral values of today's youth. Wow. wow. Who wrote that? <laughs> Holy shit. See, that's what I'm saying. You, you get the air that they feel that this is serious, right? Absolutely. Um, but then you watch yeah. the film, and it's not that serious. <laughs> it, I, I was thinking this. Like, if you were an alien or just someone from another country, and you watched this, and this oh, was God. like a time capsule for 2004, or theoretically that's what you thought, you would think that we were in like Mad Max times. I know things. I know things are fucked up. Like 
I do, right? And I know. But- and 2004 was a crazy time. You know what I yeah. mean? This is like like way before how woke everyone got. So like a lot of it's close to real, but at the same time, like yeah, this is more Mad Max than reality. I think. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Just production notes. Well, there's hardly any notes on this, even less than a usual <laughs> Lifetime film. I thought there would be because it is a classic. It is, like, mentioned by a lot of people, but, yeah, nothing. Um, and this is also something where it's a little different than previous films we covered. The director, Tom McLaughlin. Ooh. He's, is he Laurie McLaughlin's actually... husband? Oh, my God, I wish. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Laurie Laughlin, but... sorry, not McLaughlin. Oh, that's why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's Sarah McLaughlin's husband. Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) But this guy is actually more of a horror film director. He's not your traditional, like, lifetime director. Like, in the other, even the Hallmark movie we covered, we we make make a joke about it, but, like, they do, like, seven a year, all for the the network. And they have kind of their own themes. It's, like, either Christmas or murders (laughs) or, you know, like, they have, like, their own, like, lanes that they like to stay in. (laughs) Yeah, but this guy, like, his most famous film is... Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. <laughs> where's, so like, where's the mics there when we need them? Holy shit. I know. I should have asked them for guidance. I'm like, do you know this guy? Yeah. And apparently he wrote a lot of uh, horror films as well. Okay. But that again, that's so different than what we're used to. And another difference is in the cast, while most people are B-level, C-level, no offense to them. Yeah. You know, they're more actors than me. Our lead here is Marsha Gay Harden, who had already won an Oscar yeah. when she's doing this. I was like, what? Like, when so, do you see that? And she'd be nominated the next year. So this is, this is the really cool point. And another reason why I picked this one, because we were just talking on the last episode about how Vivica A. Fox has been doing Lifetime movies now. And it's really cool that you will see, like, a lot of times you'll see, like, a big-name actor or actress in one of these films and it's kind of like when Joey and I were talking about stuff on on Zack Attack, right? That if an actor goes and does an animated movie and they do a voice in an animated movie and it flops, no one blames them for it, right? Like mm-hmm. this never like hurts your career. So I feel like if you if you were an established actor or actress and you go and you do a Lifetime movie, even if the movie's bad, nobody's going to like blame you for this or like tarnish your career about, you know, you were in a bad Lifetime movie. You're just like, oh yeah, it was a Lifetime movie. They, like it's it's just for easily forgivable. So it's like so easy to do, right? And I'm sure it doesn't yeah. take them long to shoot it and like all of these things. I'm sure that they only paid you of anyone in this film. So like that doesn't matter either. Like you probably got paid well and you did like a shitty film that no one's going to see that like really cares about your career. So it's a good move. Yeah, I mean, those are all really good points because I was like, why would you do this? But you're totally right. They probably, I would say whatever the budget was, a great percentage went to paying Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah. And then you're right. It probably did not take long to film at all. Nope. And she can just mail it in. Like, <laughs> yeah. as, as weird as it sounds, like, she's definitely not giving it her all. And why the hell should she give it her all? I'm not saying she sucks. Like, I'm no. not saying that at all. I think she's really good. I just don't think, you know, this is a role that she's, like, taking six months off to prepare for and really do her research. <laughs> she's not getting into the character. <laughs> it's also probably a nice break, too, between... Uh, I mean, like, if you watch a lot of the stuff she's in, especially, like, this is, like, a real big era for her. It's really part What else was that... she doing around the time? Do you know? 
So she would do Mystic River the next year and oh. get nominated. Okay. Like she's definitely an A-list talent. Yeah. But she's not an A-lister where she's like fair. Like Tom Cruise commanding yeah. all this money. Brad Pitt. She's not like a household name that everybody would know who she is, right? Like you'd be like, I remember that name, but like you wouldn't see her face instantly. Yeah, but definitely like the two thousand, like the first decade of this century. Yeah. Was her most acclaimed. She like she was making two or three movies every year, like. She was in, well, not that these are good movies, but like Welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. But uh, 2003, Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, oh. sorry. 2000, 2003, Mystic River. So she was in it right before this. Okay. Into the Wild, The Mist. Ooh. Yeah. We covered her a little bit on a film called Whip It. Ooh. Like these days, she hasn't, when I say she's not doing too much, again, I don't want to sound condescending, but like she's in Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed and, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey as well. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So okay, she's in the entire series. Okay. I know she's been doing a lot more TV lately as well. She seems like someone who likes to work, which is great. And yeah. more power to her for this because, again, like you said, she probably got paid well. It probably wasn't difficult. And she lends gravitas to the movie. And if you're trying to teach a lesson, which they clearly are here, yes. I think it's a powerful thing to have at least one big-name actor. Yeah, I think so. This feels to me like a movie that they put out that a mom would see, right? And they would have a child that was in either, like, seventh grade or ninth grade. And the mom would be like, hey, I want you to watch this movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it'd be like, this is what happens when you, you know, give oral to to Nick Hartman that that you're going to get sores in your mouth and that this is what's going to happen. So I had really no idea what this film was about, honestly. Okay, uh, I mean, so you, you went can, into a blind, can, fully blind? Oh. You can kind of glean from the title a little bit. That's the best part about these movies. She's too young, <laughs> like, you know what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah, But this one's a lot more general than other ones. This, this wasn't like, she's too young for sex, or she's too young for drugs. Yep. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was wondering, what is she too young for? It could be a lot of things. It's amazing where this film goes and how it escalates (laughs) yeah go through it go through the roller coaster ride it it just keeps it keeps building right absolutely and it's really about three friends i'd say okay yeah the three girls right the three girls yeah okay the main girl like the cello player yes uh, there's the like strawberry blonde friend and then the blonde friend you know the one who's very promiscuous there's one with a very promiscuous with a promiscuous mom yes and then one that's like very religiously uh up suppressed right like the one that has the mom that's like no you need to go to church Uh uh-huh jesus needs to live in your heart type things i love the thought process of writing this script right someone sat down yeah and they were like no we need to show that you know this is happening to teens of all like this is happening with all types of parents right? yes it's of course it's happening with the single moms who are sexually promiscuous, but it's also happening with the religious parents and yep. it's happening with like the most the strong businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> the strong businesswoman parent. And you have to like frame it in the time of like early two thousands. I'm sure that a lot of people that are catch a lot of mothers that are watching this film probably were strong businesswomen or aspired to be strong businesswomen that were watching this on a Saturday and was like, I can see myself in Marsha Gay Harden. Right. Like that. I'm just like so busy because, you know, I'm a working woman 
and like this is this could be what my teen is up to when I'm not paying attention. As hard as I try to make her play the cello for twelve hours a day, she might give oil to Nick Hartman, and like <laughs> that might actually happen. Yeah, I saw it too as like all three of these moms of the three daughters could all be like like sides of one mom watching you know you have to find yourself in the film yeah like you know if this is my frisky side this could happen to my daughter if i'm all about business this could happen to my daughter yep but then you know church doesn't solve it either so what do i do you know exactly (laughs) yeah and you could you know you could be like a combination of any of these like yeah it's it's for everyone for sure oh the other thing i was going to say like the big thing is that as we're going along i kind of figured there was going to be some kind of std subplot because that and it ends up being the main plot but yeah because they're kind of like implying it yeah but i i don't know why the first time i heard syphilis in here i was like what (laughs) it's it's syphilis (laughs) why why was that your reaction i don't know i just did not expect it to be syphilis and the the thing that it's a little surprising yeah yeah, absolutely and but they're so smart because everything and probably wrongly i was thinking in the back of my head a character would say to like displace my thoughts and i can only imagine like a mom or a teenager in 2004 thinking similar things like one of them was like syphilis isn't that like an old-fashioned disease like, that's still <laughs> that still happens today you know that's and then, the, like the <laughs> that's the audrey of stds right like it's like <laughs> yeah. like we still have those like what the hell happened here but, I mean, makes sense. I definitely yeah. get it. It scared me from having a teenager, so <laughs> <laughs> if that was the purpose of the film, uh, you know, maybe it was right. So, essentially, this is a film about, you know, a bunch of teen girls in 2004, and, yeah. and guys, but they just party all the time. They Well, no, there's always pre- a good one. This is a trope, too. There's always a good one that breaks bad. Okay. Yes, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like the good girl, the main cello player girl. She's like a really good girl, straight A student. Blah 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 blah. And she breaks bad and gets caught up in the degenerate lifestyle of some of the other people that she's hanging out with. Yeah, and it's all wrapped in this small town syphilis outbreak. That's okay. I didn't mention this last time, but you know that this one is also based on a true story. Oh. Yeah, really? I forget where it took place, but there was a syphilis outbreak. Uh, actually, maybe Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta. There was like a high school that had a huge syphilis outbreak. And so this is loosely based on that story that had come out around the same time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, you know, before we dive into some of your favorite scenes and moments, another note I had was casting. They definitely casted people who looked young as well and true don't always... this is another reason why i picked it yeah because she looks she, she's probably like 17 18 in this movie right mm-hmm. i like, think i looked that up but she she has a young looking face yeah she she's playing 14 pretty well the other girls maybe look 16 17 like they look young enough to pass that they're high schoolers in this right yeah this isn't like honky high schoolers like we've seen uh, in the last film we did 30 year had. old yeah yeah <laughs> In high and, and you know they're doing that to hit the point home because if it, everyone looked like adults, we're not looking, we're not looking to get sexual charged in this one. In fact, they're you know they're they're looking for us to feel the opposite. Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not trying to get horned up on the teenagers in this one for sure. <laughs> no, um, and I recognize the main the lead here. I mentioned her name before, and 
she was actually in, and I haven't seen this show in a while, but she was in the later seasons of Entourage. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, she was like, um, E, I forgot even the actor's name. Like, she's like his girlfriend for the last couple seasons. And she's like an adult, so it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not weird. <laughs> At, yeah. Yeah, it's not weird. But, um, yeah, so, like, I guess I had recognized her face from something in the era. But otherwise, really, Marsha Gay Harden was the only person I knew. But, you know, let's get into it. What are some of your favorite moments? I, I asked oh. you to pick out some of your favorite lines as well. Let's oh. just, you know, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to talk about with this film, let's do it. I think that this film is great. And it, and it winds up on a lot of the best of lifetime movie lists because of how quotable it is. Because I don't think they're trying to make it highly quotable. I think they're just trying to like just deliver the lines. It even starts off. We see Nick, the boy who's you know patient zero of the syphilis outbreak, and the girl that he is you know making out with at the beginning. It looks like it's going to get intimate, and she's like, "Where's the glove?" And like <laughs> that's when you know you set the tone for like a really good thing because this is going to be a movie where they try to teach the adults the cool like, the cool hip language, right? Just like we saw in the last one with the, like, the cheerleader one where she's saying, like, that's lit. Like, again, we get the theme that, like, you know, we need to teach adults what kids are saying now. So, like, we get a little bit of that hint there. Yeah, that's always great in these that I've noticed. Like, they try to use what they think the lingo of the time is. And, you know, on top of that, too, they always try to show what they think the technology of the time is. Which we talked about last time, right? Yeah. So this time, did you catch what it's called? Oh, God, I wrote it down. It's somewhere in my notes. The AIM, the AIM, like... Playa, something like that? Teen Playa asterisk. Is the is the name of AIM in this in this world? And if you notice when they're messaging each other too, they're using secret kid code. Did you catch this? <laughs> yeah. They don't say anybody's names. They just say their first initial, so that the parents don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like oh N N will be it. there, and it's like what you have one friend named Nick. Like everybody know is gonna know who you're talking about. Like, even your mom that doesn't know anything. Like, she knows exactly who you're talking about. Absolutely. And this is, like, kind of a random point, but it made me think of this. Something I've been thinking about, like, I don't know why, randomly, these last couple weeks. Okay. Okay, so when technology, like, when this big technolo- technological boom happened, yes, everything was about personalization, and everything was about... The best example I can give is, like, remember when everyone had, like, a loud ringtone that was a different song? Or ring-back like, tones. Ring-back tones, exactly. Yes. And stuff like that. And now no one has that. They just either just have a ringtone or their phone's on silent or on vibrate. Yeah. Because we scaled back because, like, what's the point? I thought of that here in terms of everyone's, A, first of all, screen names. Remember when you, you know, you would have, like, oh. screen names and not just, like, your email just wasn't a version of your name? You yes. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And, and people think like, oh, that's when you were a kid. Even adults had like emails that were oh, yeah. like Ski Champ 2112. Oh, know? yeah. My mom still uses some wacky ass version of this to this day. Like <laughs> like in the past like three years, she's changed it to something like her name. But like for like the longest time ever, <laughs> she was like just living in the 90s, like the late, the late 90s, early 2000s of like, you know, yeah. Football lover 64 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because originally, like, the idea was like, wow, 
so we have this power to do whatever we want and change our name to whatever we want. Let's do it. And then it became like, yeah, why are we doing this? Yeah, but, well, you know, you started to use technology for like real things and people were like, <laughs> you know, you can't be <laughs> football lover 64 <laughs> when you're trying to get a job either. So, <laughs> yeah. And so you see a lot of like the screen names here, but also how they all have different fonts. Like oh. that was so annoying to read. <laughs> Yeah. But they were all about it, like big font, little font, blue, pink. Like <laughs> I like that you could f- like, like like pressure fuck other people into using a font and color that you <laughs> wanted. Like it's not like it was like you changed your own font and color. It was like you were forcing them to see your dumbass font and color. <laughs> exactly. I miss those times. I'm glad you brought that up. Like it made sense in my head as we were passing, but like I didn't really think about it until now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I made a note that you definitely see like the tech or what again was perceived to be the technology of the time. This isn't a documentary. This is No, it's not. As much as it wants far to be. From it. Yeah. So anything else early on that was really tickling you or Yeah, so we definitely have some problematic early two thousands language. Like right off the jump, oh, yes. right? So, she, so she comes in. She she says the homework is dumb. Uses a strong, forceful, hard R word, it, you know, to just describe the homework. And I was like, whoa, yeah, we're definitely in this time for you know what I mean. Like it, now, hearing it, you're like it's a little taken aback by it. You're like, whoa, that would never clear cable TV. But like that's that's not what we're concerned about here. We're concerned about syphilis, okay? And these no, exactly. Girls, and these teen girls might be, you know, giving oral. So, like, that's the main focus. We're not concerned about the language right now. We need to focus. And I knew that Marsha Gay Harden was mailing this in when Nick shows up for the first date, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and and the dad's like... But by the way, this dad is super pro-cockguider for, like, the first... <laughs> you know 80 percent of this movie right he's just like all about it he's totally like yeah she's cool don't worry about it we trust our daughter she's okay like that's nick yeah he might be a bad guy but like he seems okay to me and like the mom is really skeptical and so like nick comes in he like comes into the house is like i'm taking your daughter out and he's like oh yeah cool whatever and she's like what (laughs) happened to the dad that said he'd be waiting promise he'd be waiting with a shotgun and when she enunciates guns, like, puts the emphasis on gun, I was like, oh, this movie's over. Like, it's all downhill from here, right? Because, like, they didn't even reshoot this line. So I was like, okay, that's, that's what we're going with. You know, like, if that was the final cut of how she said that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I took a note on that as well. I didn't take it as her mailing it in as much as I took it as the director saying, okay, Fuck we have Marsha... <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, we have Marsha Gay Harden for X amount of days... <laughs> She's like, I know we're paying her, but she's nice enough to be here. I don't know if I have the latitude to make her review <laughs> a line ten times. Yeah, I, I know that I'm not directing Oscar films, so like, I don't know <laughs> if I have like the the authority to tell her like you should probably redo that one. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's probably a lot of that. I agree. Yeah, so again, I know there's an element of that here, but she seems professional enough that if like she was on a a big set and a director's like, oh, could you deliver that line differently? Could you do it like this? Try it like this? I think she would. But who knows how that day went, you know? Maybe it's the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. She she seems annoyed. She just wants to get out of there. Maybe everyone else was screwing up because they're like all amateurs around her. And like, she says that line and the director's like, ah, fuck it. Like, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's a wrap. Cut. You know? Yeah, cut. We're good. That was good. We'll keep that one. That one works. <laughs> because again, at the end of the day, it's going to hurt no one if she delivers a line like that. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, and we talk about this on Too Fast a lot that like if you watch Too Fast too furious that you see like Paul Walker do this with a lot of lines that you're like you really didn't want to get him to shoot that over like how much longer could it have taken or like to even ADR it over but like no she's just like shot gun and I was like whoa okay like nobody ever says that word like that so cool I also wrote in that scene my note was that like you could see exactly what they were doing like it was almost saying like hey mom it's okay to challenge your husband's manhood in these yes, moments. Like for sure. <laughs> you know, you know he made these promises to your little girl. It's his time to keep them. <laughs> yeah. And like and being a strong assertive woman is not a bad thing. Remi- Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like a reminder of the times that like maybe this wasn't every, you know, person's outlook on it. So to see like a forceful woman that's a businesswoman challenging her man you know, putting her foot down is reassuring for them. And not that it's not today, but at the time, Lifetime was so about marketing to women that they would even yeah. say it like in their slogans, right? Like I forgot what they exactly was. Oh but it God, was like, I forget too. This is a woman's channel, you know, like yeah. whether it was a corporate mandate or something, I think that comes through here that they expect that the only people watching this will be Mothers and daughters, like suburban mothers and daughters, yep. essentially. Yeah, the city's a scary place that you probably wouldn't be in unless you were like a slutty mom or a businesswoman. <laughs> like those are the only two reasons you go there. You stay in your nice town outside in the suburbs, and you're fine. It's safe there. She even says it at one point in the film. She's like, "We didn't expect this when we moved here," which I was like, "Okay, gentrification, cool," <laughs> but <laughs> but also like like she she establishes that the suburbs were safe. And that this shouldn't happen there because they live in this, you know, like gated place. Not gated, but... In a sense. Yeah, yeah. It was such an idea of the time, what, from like, you know, white flight in like yes. the 60s and 70s to the 90s. And, you know, these are probably, they probably theoretically, some of them moved here in the 90s, raised their kids here. It was like, oh, if we escape the cities and move to the suburbs, we're escaping all the drugs and crime. all the crime, and mm-hmm. nothing bad will happen to us here. Like, it was the bursting of the suburban bubble. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Something else I, I wrote down that I found super funny, and I, I know you mentioned the music before as well, but the oh. use of like hip-hop in this film, did well, you notice it's, that? It's the like... degeneration of the youth. <laughs> it's the crux that breaks them it's take it all off take it all off come on girl take it all off that's that's what they're hearing this is inspiring their sexual activity it's also like the worst rap i've ever heard kingpin pimp you don't like kingpin pimp you don't listen to him in the back seat with your girlfriend make out to take it all off come on man great name i know kingpin pimp it's like it's it's like one of those things like nowadays we hear like a lot of people using like buzzwords right like like paradigm shift and stuff like that yeah it's like when when somebody like was like we need a rapper's name they're like okay just fucking combine two words that you've heard before and it's like kingpin pimp okay cool that's it (laughs) that's his name you want to come listen to the new kingpin pimp cd with me in my car i love kingpin you do Awesome, let's go.
If it was like little Kingpin Pimp, that's the only way we could get better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like so um, a nice little hallmark of this film. And you mentioned the camera stuff as well. They do a lot of camera tricks, not just like the handheld cam, but a lot of playing with color. If you and they, yeah, they do that, and they also like stop on a shot for a while. Oh and yeah, fade it like old, like what, like Adobe <laughs> Cinemaker, fucking like the the preset fades and stuff. There's a lot of those in this. Yeah, like a hypermedia kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked a lot about like the mom characters and stuff, and to an extent the teen characters, and we'll get into them as well. Like, yeah. You know, including your favorite Nick Hartman. Yeah. But uh, someone I want to mention too is—is is she like the school nurse or a guidance counselor? The woman who's like very She's concerned the about nurse. syphilis. Yeah. Okay. That rings true to the the real story it's based on. Okay. Is it like the school nurse was like, we need to fucking address this. These kids are all going to get syphilis. And everybody's like, eh, should we talk about sex or no? You know, like they're like all kind of reluctant to bring it up. So yeah, she's the school nurse, which makes it really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a different movie, if they were trying to achieve something different, she would be the main character. It would be yeah. kind of like a like an Aaron Brockovich, Norma Ray kind yep. of movie, like based on like this one person who's speaking out and no one else, you know, is mm-hmm. listening to her and she ends up like essentially saving a town from a bigger syphilis outbreak that it could be. But nope, they made it about the kids, which is <laughs> fine. It's fine for us. <laughs> Just quickly, the level of autonomy they ended up giving her, like she's co- conducting tests on, I mean, I know they're like <laughs> reluctant to it, but like... <laughs> I was like, is this a sterile environment? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're married to a healthcare worker. And like just seeing these kind of things now during pandemic times, (laughs) right? You're really like considering like, damn, like this is a highly contagious thing that they could be spreading. And yeah, they just give her full autonomy to like just rip it. And there's no like HIPAA regulations, right? Like they just line the fucking kids up. Everybody knows who's getting tested for syphilis in this school. Like there's they're not being shy about it or like trying to protect no, the identities. Like, yeah. And they totally could have, right? Like if yeah. you're going to do be like, "Hey, we're going to give you times when it's this time, you're going to go here." Like again, they shouldn't have done it in the school and stuff like that. But let's say they had to because they knew that's where the kids would be, whatever, right? Like Yeah. The way they did it like just line up against this wall. You know, (laughs) and then again, I know, I know that this was technically not shown, but I even got the sense that they were like conducting the results in there. Like had they like had like a lab or something like I don't know how syphilis (laughs) testing works, but it seemed like it was just her and, and one other like like a doctor and like they were in charge of this whole situation and you're right you know y- you make a good point like in the day of coronavirus as we are yeah. today if this nurse would have like you know been in charge of it as well we might not have the outbreak we have today right? like, <laughs> she just like stamps she, it out immediately her like flow chart and she's like you know who have you been with yeah. boom 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 she, she's definitely the hero of this film <laughs> she works in the cdc now you know, definitely. She should. She should be in charge of the CDC now. Like, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's interesting to see. I don't know if if it all checks out in my book, but I don't know. I, the psychological ramifications were a little bit shown, but they would be even a lot worse than they showed. If if you just had a line of people. Oh yeah. Like, oh, we all got this letter. We all like are somehow connected. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like these kids are like now I'm gonna have to deal with this. Like the one girl's like I need to go away and like leave school now. That like everybody knows. Like I want to start over and be a born again virgin because like this shit got out of hand. 
Another trope of Lifetime films that I'm learning. Okay. I want to hear. Go ahead. Is that parents should never go away for a weekend or even a night. Because when that happens, (laughs) bad things are always going to happen. Always, right? Yeah, yeah. Like... And, like, even the most trustworthy kids are going to throw a rager in your house. Someone's happening. Someone will influence them to do it. Or yep. they'll break into the liquor cabinet yep. or try a drug. You know? For sure. <laughs> yeah, going away is scary. There's no independence for people that are not adults, for sure. <laughs> you should be well-watched, keep your kids close, you know, always keep an eye on them type situations, for sure. Yeah, and something they show here, too, is that, like, and again, with a promiscuous mom, we'll call her. Yes. They they tell you, you know what? You can't be your kid's best friend either. Yeah. (laughs) You have to be a strong force in their life and a disciplinarian for sure. And even then, it might not work out well, and that's not your fault. It's it's the promiscuous mom's fault. But... (laughs) <laughs> it might it might seep into your own household as well yeah yeah <laughs> scary thoughts man scary thoughts okay so so you mentioned him before okay let's talk about nick hartman and the guys overall in this film what'd you think about them um i i love them not because of their personalities right because obviously they're douchebags right like that's what it is but i like how hyper aggressive and frightening they made 16 year old boys as if like 16 year old boys aren't frightening enough in their own right (laughs) because like you know we have a troop of like uh teenage boys that just like wander around downtown new haven and one of my coworkers is petrified of them because he's like no one is scarier than like a gang of 14 year old boys that are just like just getting hormones right like this is bad but at the same time like they make all of these guys to be like hyper aggressive like very sexual and like forceful right so like that's the frightening part about it so i did i did enjoy how how frightening they made they could make out these boys to be that like really like are these guys they're like suburban kids that are like playing sports and we hear that nick is like getting good grades and stuff like was the like valedictorian sports star of your school like being a huge hornball like giving everyone syphilis not that i was aware of um exactly again I think it's just to hit the point home that, like, anyone could be, any teenage True. boy could be the bad guy. But most of them are. Like, there's no good, <laughs> there's only one good one in this film. And he is the one that, like, look, I know. Rachel makes fun of me about this a lot. She talks to me about this. And, like, usually I'm way off. But tell me the photographer is not in the closet in this film. Oh, my God. No, uh, he is the stereotype. We we see it. I haven't talked about it too much. Like this kid's waiting to po- come out podcast. in college for sure, right? Does it not feel like that? It's the GBF, right? The yeah. gay best friend. Yeah. But in this, I feel like they have to turn. Like to me, I think they amalgamated two characters. Like they put a gay best friend, but he's also a nice guy. So like that's why he's into her. It's weird. Rachel <laughs> Rachel says she disagrees. She doesn't believe that that's what's happening. At least the actor has to be like. Something is going on there that he's not interested in her. I'm trying to be as nice about this as possible, right? Yes, agreed. I definitely, again, I don't know. What was, do you remember his name? Because I'm going to look up the actor. Uh, no, she she messages him too. I forget. Maybe Danny. Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, yeah. Okay, Joe 
Din- Dinicol. I'm just like this is like so wrong to do, but I'm just curious if the guy is like yeah. out in real life. Same. Yeah, I'm curious too. That kind of comes across in his performance, and I'm just like not. Yeah, not sure. not that there's anything bad about it no. or anything like that, but just like it feels like it. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? I couldn't find anything online. I'm not going to search into his personal life if he's not open about it. But I, I definitely thought that was the case as well. All that aside, he's like the ni- one nice guy. One but he's nice also guy. kind kind of a creeper with his photography. He is. Like, <laughs> it's very American beauty, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and she goes into his place and she's been there a couple times. But like, this is the time she notices that there's all these Candid. photos of her. And she... Candid and she's flattered. photos. Yeah. She, she literally says, I don't even remember you taking these of me. <laughs> Which, like, in today's world, that's, like, a huge creepy thing to do, right? Even like, then, pi- I mean, Exactly. Yeah. There's a pivot of this movie where he's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think there is a film like that, and I need to go find it, and I'll bring it back. <laughs> There's, like, a movie that's very similar in that trajectory. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll find it. We'll come back and talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. No, he was such uh, an interesting character, especially, you know, he, he saves her in the end. Yeah. You know why? A... With one of the greatest quotes of all, like, one of the greatest quotes of the film. Give it to me. You better stop right there, or I'll email your face to 911. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's that's like top tier. That one was great. I was he was like ha ha. He doesn't know that I can't even do it. And you're like you can't what? Yeah okay. <sighs> oh man. Um, I know you wrote down some good lines. You want to talk about those? Yeah. Do you have any favorites? Do you want you want to just go back and forth? You've said some of mine that I was going to talk about already. Okay. By the time I got the line thing, I was like, damn. I wish I wrote more of these down. Okay. I do like when, when uh, we talked about this a little, I do like when the mom, the cool mom says, like, I'm your best friend, you know? <laughs> and, and she's yeah. like, I want you to be my mom. Like, it's pretty melodramatic. Yes, I do. I love the, sh- the tonal shift when, like, the, the 14-year-old has to tell her, like, mom how to conduct herself. That's a really good point of the movie. That, like, no, like, even, like, if you are a cool parent, your kid will rebel <laughs> and want rigidity from you that like that's not the way you know you shouldn't give them autonomy you should really just strap them in for this life as as tight as you can and she had honestly some of my favorite like they're not like fun quotes without context but moments like when she tells Marsha Gay Harden like oh so your daughter has a date have you heard and then She's like, oh, really? Like, who's the guy? And she tells him that it that it's him. And she's like, he's a real hottie. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. And she's like, is is he bad? And she's like, no, your daughter's gonna be super popular now. And we're like, what? Like, <laughs> what kind of mom thinks like that? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. even think the cool mom would think like that. No, definitely not. She will be off like doing her blind date stuff and just like fucking off. Like, she doesn't care. <laughs> Like, why would she be so involved in, like, the high school drama and, like, call another high schooler a hottie? That's so weird. <sighs> and then, you know, quickly, like, I think it happens, just because we're talking about it. Their first date, um, Nick and, yes. you know, our lead here, like, where they go. What's her name? Haley? Haley. Heather? It seems like it would be it would be a Haley. Let me check. Um, yeah, I think it's Haley. Hannah. 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 Sorry. Hannah. Okay, Hannah. Yes. Hannah Vogel. Hannah. Yeah. Yes. 
it's like I don't want to say it's sweet, but they go over his parents' place and he's got like this hot tub ready to go, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, we're we're not getting naked, but you can grab one of the bathing suits in like a room over there." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, who keeps teenage girls' bathing suits lying around? It, it didn't seem like he had a sister. Like, an no. easy line of, like, would have been, like, if you don't feel comfortable and you want to, which is still not, it's still kind of weird, but, like, or you like, want to Or, like, we'll wear our underwear, right? That, too, right? Yeah. And, nope. <laughs> it's like, wear this random teenage girl's bathing suit that I have. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you have a collection of teenage girls' bathing suits? Because that's fucking weird, dude. I mean, I guess not for, like, a teenage boy, but it still seems weird. It is weird. I mean, again, I... I I don't want to say, like, it's weird. Like, maybe that's his thing or something. You know, maybe. <laughs> his kink? But You're I, not kink-shaming him? But Yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like that was the case. No. <laughs> no, I didn't think so either. <laughs> okay, but, but and before we get into this li- these lines, there's one other thing, though, I wanted to mention about this progression here. So we have this hot tub scene where yeah. he's like, oh, it's okay if we don't want to do anything. Then she talks about it online. No, and she then becomes we, like, very forceful in the hot tub. She's the one who initiates. Yes, 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 sorry. Yeah, because um, she starts, like, making out with him. Like, he's like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, we could just sit here in the hot tub. And she's like, you're not going to kiss me? And then, like, jumps him. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, that's how this is going. That's fine, you know? <laughs> they don't have sex, though. Um, no. She talks about it briefly online, and then we cut to church. Oh, yeah. After the after the little online thing. And she's like, da-da-da-da. There's literally, like, a stained glass <laughs> of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works, man. <laughs> she has to repent now. <laughs> and then quickly i was gonna ask i know we're bouncing all over the place but eventually he obviously he wanted to have sex with her the whole time uh, her friend had dated him i think she's now dating his friend or like if yeah. you want to say dating right yeah it's a weird thing were they all like what's the word people use for this these days when like a guy or a girl is like saying things on purpose and doing things kind of just like to probe someone into seeing if they would want in this case group sex or a threesome or something like you know in an I mean? open like, relationship yeah they're like trying to to figure it out kind of i guess yeah like the best example that i've like heard about or seen is like yeah like a, a guy and a girl will say like or like a married couple right like they have yeah. like a cute single friend and they're like oh we should have a threesome with them you know and like they'll i don't know go to dinner and talk to them and just like see like feel a situation out like yep yeah was this a plan of like the guys and even the girl to get her into this situation or did it just happen i'm talking about like when they're all at the one yeah when it's it's post babysitting the the babysitting night that to me seemed like the guys were in on it and the girls weren't but they were like we could we could probably convince them to do this yeah because, that was like right, a plan like, in the car ride over right they're like <laughs> let's let's trade man and he's like cool i'm in yeah because like it's like oh i have porn let's watch it upstairs and they're like okay which yeah i guess maybe they wanted to not watch it in front of the kid because they're already <laughs> watching something downstairs yeah i don't want to say okay the whole situation's weird but like they start taking their clothes off like even before the movie starts it's like what like, yeah you know? they just like strip like they walk in and they're like it's go time right they're just like taking their shirts off like it's it's on I'm glad it wasn't a well-executed plan for the sake of our lead here, but it was that was definitely not a great plan if you were trying to, like, ease into something. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I just wasn't sure if there was, like, an overarching... Like, it doesn't matter in the long run, but, like, if there was an overarching, like, hit on 
Hannah, like, oh, she'd be great to do things with, or maybe your well, theory the guy, is something they thought of in the car, or I don't know. No, now that you say that, though, Nick's friend, when they first meet, like, the ice cream drive, he looks in the back of the car and says, oh, you're Hannah. So, like, he's aware of her, and he tries to take her in the backseat to listen to Kingpin Pimp first. Oh, yeah. So maybe this is a long con. Like, they've been in this for a while. It might be. Yeah, huh. Now that you say All that. the nuances. <laughs> yeah, it's layered for sure. So let's go over some of those favorite lines of Okay, yours. yeah, the scene that you were just talking about, that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Because we have to always see the juxtaposition that these are teenage girls. So we go from, like, you know, forceful oral sex right before church, and then we go to the babysitting, right? Because they're 14-year-olds. And they, you mm-hmm. know, they come in, they do their dance number for the small child, and they're asking him, you know, like, am I hot? Are cello players hot? And then we get immediately, hey, guess what, guys, I have syphilis. Like, <laughs> the, the way that's delivered is so perfect for what it is. Noah, are cheerleaders hot? Hot, hot, hot. Hey, guess what, guys, I have syphilis. <laughs> what? I have syphilis. And then they're like, well, like, what are you talking about? And the girl has to explain herself and explain syphilis. That's where we get, you know, the this is what happened. It's highly contagious. I was being responsible and telling you guys she's having her character development. She needs to come clean about this. And they're just like, okay, well, whatever. We're still going to make out with the same dudes. You were. They're, they're making out with one guy. Like, obviously, it's him. Connect the dots, ladies. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it's scary how it doesn't scare them. But also yeah. just like, oh, don't don't tell the guys about this. Like, that kind of stuff, too. It's just like, um, Yeah, I don't yeah, have mouth really sores yet. It's like, no, just like, take yes. this seriously, ladies. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's one of my favorite quotables. I liked it after she has done it. He's dropping her off, and 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 he's like, "You could tell people," and she's like, "Tell people what?" And he's like, "That we hooked up," and she's like, "Uh, what? Why?" And he's like, "It'll really help your reputation." Oh like, my god! Reputation's like such a big part of this that like I don't even think when I was in high school like like people didn't assign it this much of like a, an actual term right like i don't think that like reputation was a word that like kids would use maybe your parents would be like you're ruining your reputation or somebody has a bad reputation yeah that's how i would hear it but not like like this will help your reputation to like another student like it would just be like it'll make you cool or something like that right like that's like the the lexicon back then that i remember i don't remember ever telling my friends like something like that no, of course not. Like, um, that was that was a weird car ride. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very strange place for sure. One of the clear things they keep um, saying in this film, too, or like I, I should say, like making a point of that, sex is not just penis in vagina. No, like, any sex is sex. They they stay at it all the time. Marshall Harden <laughs> states it anytime that some girls like, I just gave him a blowjob. I just gave him oral. They use that yeah. word a lot. That's why I keep repeating it. Because <laughs> it's very awkward, but they're, like, being direct. I gave him oral. The moms are always like, that's still sex. Remember. That's what happens. Yeah. Then, right before that they test everyone, and the nurse had figured out that Nick is patient zero, and it's all coming from him, and she brings him into the, the nurse's office. 
and confronts him openly in front of everyone, which is great, about this. Nick delivers my favorite line from him, which is, she's like, you, you've been in contact with someone with syphilis, like, you know, we're going to have to test you. And he's like, he's like, just give me my shot, it's good. And she's like, no, like, you know, you need to be tested and stuff. And he's like, well, you better stick them all, because I did. You better stick them all, because I probably did. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, what fucking horrible, horrible writing is that? It's crazy. And again, just even his attitude, he's so like cavalier. And he gives that line, he just like, just ballers out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, not, and it wasn't private either. It was, there was like a lot of people there. Was... Yeah. That's a big ass nurse's office for school, I think. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very large. Again, his whole mindset is, when I say unbelievable, I literally mean like sometimes hard for me watching to believe that he would be this like. He's a sociopath, right? Yes, right? Like, like a full sociopath. Like, he has, like, no concern about other people's well-being, like, until the end. But, like, yeah, he just, like, has no remorse, nothing. He's just like, this is what I'm doing, and it's going to work. And then that, that begins the that begins the lineup of all of the great things that I, like, like, the quotables, right? We get <laughs> the nurses talking. She just is like, we're going to have an increase in syphilis. We're going to have an increase in something. She's like, we're going to have an increase in throat gonorrhea. Like, as if, like, as if you need to distinguish throat oh gonorrhea from yeah. gonorrhea. Oh, but continue, please. <laughs> yeah. And then the best interview, uh, like, you know, we're going through the interview with the children like, like we, we get, like, all of these scenes of, like, her talking to the kids and, like, explaining the gravity of them all mm-hmm. having syphilis to them. And she stops one girl and she's like, you know, how many sexual partners have you had? And she's like, I don't know, like, 20? And she's like, but you're only 14 years old. Which, like, a nurse would never, like, slut shame you. No, exactly. Like, that was a little weird. <laughs> it was a little weird, right? Like, they needed to throw that in there. But, like, you know, like, a healthcare professional would just be like, uh, 20 cool and just write it down like blank face like even if they're gonna laugh about it later to their significant other they're not gonna say anything to this girl and she's like <laughs> my favorite line she's like yeah and i'm the most popular girl in ninth grade and like <laughs> if that doesn't sum up the film like that needs to be written on the box like right at the top because that's like the perfect way to describe this oh, oh god boy yeah there was something though, like when you were uh, na- like saying the diseases yeah. that they, uh, she was saying that you missed. What? She, this is when she's talking, like I guess to the principal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the quote unquote, like okay, so they're going through it, and you're saying like mouth gonorrhea and all the throat, like, all throat these gonorrhea, things. yeah, throat gonorrhea and all these things, and they're escalating, right? Of yeah. What they could be, and then it goes to like pregnancy. Yeah. We haven't seen any of that, but it's bound to happen too. Like that's a disease as well. <laughs> And I'm like, kind of <laughs> kind of wait a minute like <laughs> yeah yeah i know again you don't want teens to get pregnant but like i don't know it felt a little out of place when listing like all these stds like oh <laughs> aids and it, then pregnancy yes it was after aids you're right like it's just, <laughs> wait they could get aids yeah and they could get pregnant like oh you, you didn't see the correlation like what <laughs> like they she has to describe how sex works to the principal at that moment <laughs> she's like yes all of these things can happen throat gonorrhea and pregnancy can both happen that's what's good that's that's what we're getting to here bud <laughs> eventually too like relatedly her meeting with the parents 
how like how oh, that God. goes it's yeah. just so that brings okay, up so... one of my favorite parts too like when she calls nick hartman's mom and nick hartman's mom is also very cavalier about the whole situation right yeah he's like well at least it's a curable one and like my son is <laughs> <laughs> like she just she's like i'm just mad that he's not wearing condoms like, like this is whatever right and <laughs> And she's like, and he's very popular. And Marsha Gay Harding goes, well, your very popular son gave my 14-year-old syphilis. And just, like, <laughs> hangs up the phone. <laughs> hey, she's honest. Yeah, she nails it. Look, I don't, I've never been a parent, but I, Same. I really don't, I don't think I will care. I don't, look, I don't want my kid to be picked on and, like, hate their life, but I really don't care if they're the most popular kid in school. Like, no, definitely not, something... not. I feel like that's, like, an error that we all kind of share here. In the in the podcasting space, <laughs> that I don't think that any of us will be like sad that our kids aren't like you know the most popular kid in school for sure. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of foreign to me to want your child to be pop. I guess I guess good you know I get good grades for I get sure. All, all the like having a nice social group is fine. But Extracurriculars, like, being active for sure, I can relate to that. But, but yeah, I mean that was odd. Oh, but you know the scene you're talking about where she's just like making her rounds on trying to convince all the parents to go to this meeting is great. Yeah, because we're seeing we're seeing a cross section of pretty much every single like doubting idea possible about like raising teenagers in 2004. Yeah, because you have you you confront the the very um, religious parent who's like, I'm not airing my daughter shit out, which I kind of respect. Like, even if my like kid made a mistake, like I'm not gonna like you know become the the president of toeless teenagers right like that's not what <laughs> that's not what i'm that, but that's not my personality either like i would be like okay like if they had like some kind of like actual problem you know i would advocate for them but like i'm not gonna like air their shit all the time for no reason no i definitely hear you there um yeah and then you know you alluded to it there that that toeless teenager quote is great yeah for sure that's one of the top tier ones <laughs> uh Okay, but in this parent uh, syphilis meeting, we'll call it, you know, there's teaching, and that's where we see the chart, and then there's this one dude Go ahead. who goes like, Go he's ahead. Just a, you might know the quote better than I, but he's like something along the lines of like, what, my son's just doing the things I would have wanted to do as a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's one parent, like, why aren't we teaching them abstinence? And they're like, we tried. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, yeah, like, high five, bro. Like, you know, like... <laughs> essentially right he's like yeah he's like he's just doing the things that i wanted to be doing and you're like what <laughs> i feel like not that i relate to or would be where this guy was but i've kind of seen some things along those lines but like dads who are like oh he's got a girlfriend that's awesome you know yeah. but i think once the conversation got to syphilis <laughs> that that the thought would change you know like, oh. yeah. I wanted to get syphilis back in the day. I would have loved to gotten syphilis back in the day. I noticed, though, I don't know if you noticed, but he's there alone. <laughs> I think he of went course. to that meeting to pick, to pick up, like, single moms, perhaps. <laughs> or his wife definitely left him because he's, like, this bro douchebag, right? <laughs> it's one or the other. Both options seem, like, very reasonable. But, yeah, there you go. And this is, why again, why this movie's written by women. Like, you could have, like, a, a, a scary bro-down dad that obviously doesn't have a wife that's strong and independent and rein them in and says stuff like this because all men are gross and this is what they're thinking. <laughs> they're all dangerous. You know, 16 and up. It's it's all a scary place. So uh, did you have any other quotes or anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, we can't, the, the we can't not go over the, the drinking party 
where they're drinking Raspberry Riot vodka coolers. <laughs> because yeah. they both realize that now that they're they're quote unquote whores to themselves, right? Like they know that they've done sexual activities, they're being shamed for it, and like now they have to confront this. So they crack open the raspberry coolers and they start talking about things, right? Mm-hmm. And again, nice juxtaposition. We see them describing sexual acts with Barbies because they're still 14 year old girls, and we yeah, have to remember yeah. that. And, you know, they're doing different things. And she's like, how do you know all of this? And she's like, I'm a 14-year-old sexpert. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why did we need this part of the, of the film? But, okay, cool. It's enjoyable for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And then the last thing that I had was the hilarity of them in the coffee shop. The girls are reformed. The one girl's getting sent off to boarding school and some like she sees some guy walk by and she like heads out and the girl's like, Bro, like I thought we weren't doing this anymore and she's like one last game before jail and just like <laughs> walks out like yeah, I'm gonna go make out in the back of that car, gotta do it. Oh my god, yeah. Well the way the movie is um like positioning it as our three like lead girls. Yeah. They're all kind of seeing the consequences of this and they look like they're all well, they're not like 100% listening to their parents. They look like they're all coming around to realizing the dangers of their behavior. Yeah, they're becoming remorseful just by like, you know, the shaming, the guilt, the syphilis, right? Like <laughs> they, That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Like, they realize the gravity as we're getting towards the end. Yeah, so like they're sneaking out, but they're not sneaking out to go to the big party originally. Yeah. They're sneaking out to go to, you know, just to console each other and to talk to each other. But things get weird because like the one girl's supposed to be grounded she sneaks out and when she comes back in she's the one like the one with the cool mom she's the one who ends up making like probably the best decisions right like she goes back home yeah. and her mom takes her phone and grounds you know, her also did, did you see when her mom's on the phone outside and goes i can't come out chris i'm grounded like to her boyfriend <laughs> did you hear this part absolutely and i thought that was so weird because again like if you're already doing stuff like this like I know it might not be cool in everyone's household, but, like, invite the guy over. It seems like you're pretty serious with him. Like, you don't have to go crazy, right? Like, Yeah. Like. I just really like the idea that the daughter grounded the mom and that it stuck. That she, like, <laughs> like enforced because, the rules on herself. Ex- exactly. It's like, I thought it was more like a figure of speak. But nope, she literally like, <laughs> grounded, grounded her. Yeah, I, so did I. Until she was like, nope, I'm grounded too, bud. And just like tucks her tail and walks back in the house. That's crazy. You know, this all gets to like our final moments, which we talked about with the, you know, the nice guy friend saving her with the camera. But Hannah essentially gets kidnapped and attempted raped, essentially. Yeah, you know? yeah by the kid, because he's like really angry at her mom for like a long time. He's, like, aggressive t- about her mom, and there's that weird scene where they, like, try to wreck their car that, like, I don't know how that oh, really yeah. fits in the film, but it's really strange. Like, these kids are, like, so testosterone up that they try to cause an accident and, like, harm these people. It's weird. Yeah, because the mom's super concerned. Like, there's one point where she shows up to the party yeah. you know, in full, like, mom gear yeah, uh, and pisses that kid off. You're right. Like, they try to, like, intimidate them. Again, it's weird because they're, she's not doing anything you would not think 
a mom could do, you know? Yeah, because they are 14-year-old girls, right? So, like, she, <laughs> she's kind of within her rights here. Like, I don't even, like, blame her. I don't even think she's, like, really overstepping her boundaries. She's, like, kind of playing it like a very, like an overly concerned mom. But, like, turns out she's right, so... Yeah. Yeah, she has reason to be concerned. This is not like yeah. stupid little things. Yeah, like see, so basically he, this dude is gonna take it out on uh, Hannah, unfortunately, until she's rescued by her maybe gay, maybe not, maybe but, creepy, very creepy photographer yeah, yeah, friend. V- very creepy photographer friend. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna email his face to nine one one. Kid stops. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about the ending here is. Kind of the whole okay. time we've seen this, like, do you remember the, the dorky sister character? Yes, the, the promiscuous mom has the outgoing daughter, and then we see, like, she has, like, a dorky younger sister, who's, like, kind of in the background the whole time. Yeah, in the background the whole time, but I say dorky not because I felt that she was way. They're clearly trying to portray her as dorky. She's got, like, these glasses that don't fit her face, yeah. right? And, like... She, like, does her homework and stuff. Like, Yeah, she does uh, her homework. That's a clear sign of being a dork. She's, like, <laughs> playing board games with her mom and seems to be enjoying it. Like, super dork, for sure. And they just need to show you, this film needs to show you that it's not over with this one daughter. Because yeah. the dorky daughter, like, she just, what, does she, like, wander upstairs? She yep. picks up one of her older sister's, like fishnet yeah we'll say promiscuous looking you know party attire and she puts it over herself and like looks at herself in the mirror and it's just like she didn't say anything but you know it's like it was almost like saying i'm next yeah yeah they're just show yeah but again we get the nice lifetime bow at the end tidy up the package we get that you see that this is an ongoing problem it's not going to stop anytime soon and we must be vigilant yeah call to arms we must stop our daughters from doing this. <laughs> Hide your daughters. Hide that your daughters. That should be like the tagline of this movie. <laughs> that would be a really good... I like She's Too Young, though. That's a fucking good title. Oh, She's Too Young is yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the film. A lot of teen parties, a lot of teen stuff. Some moments that made you feel icky, some moments that took you out of it. Yeah. Again, like you said, definitely early 2000s lifetime and high school for sure lots of high school in this one teachable moments um (laughs) quotables anything else in she's too young that you wanted to talk about no but we used to play a game on zach attack that we can't play on too fast and it's called fire ass movie titles okay and (laughs) i would like to play this game with you today where she's too young is almost a perfect title right but if you could rename this film a la High School Musical, a la Lifetime, with a very direct title, what would you call it? Huh. That's tough. Me, personally, I think I would put syphilis in the title somewhere. Yeah. I was going to go, like, the syphilis circle. The alliteration oh, is that's good. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Syphilis or, sisters. Ooh. And also, I would like maybe something with more gravity so I was thinking Patient Zero. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <sighs> Let me see. I didn't plan this. Sorry. This just came to me. No, it's great. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'll come up with something. I oh, come a up perfect circle. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of more like high school terms. Well, Syphilis teen. High. Syphilis you know, High. That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> I could see that, right? Yeah. Fast Times at Syphilis <laughs> High. <laughs> STD for three. Ooh. 
<laughs> I like that one too, for sure. Sounds like a reservation at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess maybe if there was more like a restaurant element in this for some reason. <laughs> yeah, if they all like worked at like one Denny's or something, right? Yeah, which is, you know, it's common in these high school films. They'll work at the local diner. Or like the coffee <laughs> shop or the ice cream place. Who knows? Yeah, frozen yogurt place. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't get to a frozen yogurt place because I just thought about all the things we could have seen in this film if they would have taken oh, it God. there. Oh, God. Oh, uh. God. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a cool game. I should incorporate that more. I should steal it. <laughs> you, you're welcome to steal it because I, I forget. No, we just, I forget what we did. Like, I think it was when we hit like Miracle Run or something. It might have been, it was definitely way before that, but we would like rename all the movies in this vein. <laughs> Okay, so if, you know if there's nothing else to talk about with the film, let's do some of my games, my awards. Sorry, sorry for bringing you a new game. I hope you enjoyed it, though. By the time I edit this, I'll probably come up with something more fun. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and for next, for next time, we'll remember it. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring it back. I promise. <laughs> okay, first, uh, Wooderson Award, a character who you would have liked to see more of. Was there anyone who they didn't focus on that we needed more of in this film? I think the quote unquote dorky daughter. She needed to have a storyline to give us the payoff at the end, right? Like, she needed to have, like, at least more than, like, she's just doing her homework and playing a board game once. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Definitely. Because they would have, like, impacted that so much. Like, if we fell in love with this, like, innocent yes. uh, daughter character, and then suddenly, like, we saw that she was on this path, it would have left a more, a stronger impact. I agree with that as well. And so I was going to say that's something I said before, like, Maybe the focus should be on the nurse. I agree. Like, that would make That's it less salacious. For sure. Yeah. But it probably would have made a better film. <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. Like, Aaron Brockovich this bitch up. Like, let's do it. You know, make her the lead. And, like, she's just solving, solving shit out here. And I like that, too. Because I know, like, we don't cover them on this podcast, but I know I've definitely seen, at least, like, commercials for Lifetime movies that have that kind of angle, right? Oh, like, yeah. There's a whole, a whole slew of them that's just, like, women fixing shit. And it's awesome. <laughs> okay, next award, Long Duck Dong Award. Which character's omission would make the film better? Uh, it has to be the rapier friend, because I think you need Nick Hartman, but the the blonde, super aggressive friend with the hat, he needs to go. Yeah, I, I actually had the same thing down. Really? I, yeah, because I didn't know... If you wanted to do that other kind of stuff, why didn't you just do it with Nick Hartman? Like, I don't understand why this guy also... We, we know all guys are bad in this, essentially. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe to show the group sex thing, maybe that's why, but... But you're, like, doubling down on on shitty teenage boys when you could just have one be, like, a super shithead, right? <laughs> yeah, and they have almost the same personality. Like, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Cool. Yeah. Interesting question for today because of things we've said. Uh, Cameron Fry Award. Is there anyone too old to be a high schooler who looked too old? I don't know. Is there? Did you find anybody that's, that looks too old? Not really because, again, I think they made a conscious choice to make everyone look high school or even younger just to give us that impact that these are young people here. These are not meant to be sexualized in this film. Like, unfortunately, a lot of other high school films do yeah so i couldn't find an answer for this one here no maybe maybe like one of the extras or something but i'm always so focused on the main characters and they really nailed the casting of the main characters to be like young as fuck looking so 
yeah, I don't think that there's anybody that I see like that really stands out in that way to me. Yeah, I don't think anyone with a line at least. Yeah, know. for sure. I'm sure if we yeah we like paused and picked apart the extras, there's like some dad with a backpack in the background. <laughs> yeah, but... for sure. <laughs> okay, so interesting. Usually when we've talked about Lifetime films or Hallmark films, there's no like Rotten Tomatoes score, but I guess this one is so old and has such a reputation. While it doesn't have a critical score, it actually does have an audience score. Oh, and. 70% of the audience like this movie. It's actually, and it's not like it has one or two reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It has 2,500 uh, wow. reviews. So that's a lot of people for yeah. a movie like is this. It a, is it a lot of ironic likes or is it a lot of like actual likes? Um, Did you look through the reviews like, a little bit? It was stuff like this, right? Like, for example, uh, this one's from someone named Aaron. Good movie, one of the better Lifetime movies. You know? So it didn't seem very ironic. Pretty good TV movie. It really shows what peer pressure and wanting to fit in can lead to. Wow. Makes me glad I was unpopular, quite honestly. Wow. I'll say this. Almost none of the reviews are in like the last five years. And we have definitely changed as a society. Yes. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Like A lot of the recent reviews are, are pretty poor. But you got some five stars thrown in here. I really liked it a lot. Like, <laughs> that's one of them. Like, there's not that's, a lot it's of... It's so uh, weird how serious it seems, though. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, like, I thought yeah. it would be, like, this is one of the best bad Lifetime movies. You know what I mean? Like, I was wondering if it was people like me reviewing it, giving it five stars. Like, this scratches all the right itches for me. Teen syphilis outbreak? Sounds great. You know? Like, I was wondering how serious they were. But, no, people seem to, like, really enjoy it then. Wow. There are some like that. Like, there's one I'm reading now just in all caps. Hey, guys, I have syphilis. <laughs> five, five stars. <laughs> yeah, so the, that was not me secretly, I promise. But <laughs> And another one. Five stars. Okay, five stars for being one of those entertaining Lifetime films. But one for Alex uh, Desnera. Sorry, keep saying her name wrong. She's so annoying. I hated her more in Nick and... Oh, she is in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I forgot Ah. that. That's in another film she's in. But she definitely teaches teens the basics not to sleep around. All around a good film. But it's sad that stuff like this really happens and maybe not on the scale of how they portrayed it. Or with being the entire school? Question mark. But it makes you think... I don't know. God. You know how, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah you, her mom you really got of... to her. Damn, that poor person that wrote that, wrote that review. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of them that are serious. really ser- serious. Yeah. For sure. Well, this one's kind of weird by Brian T. I'm going to call you out. If only they made an unrated, uncensored version. Five stars. What? <laughs> Whoa, Brian T. Brian Whoa. T was definitely Nick Hartman. Or wished he was Nick Hartman. Wow. <laughs> So Creepy. another thread that sorry I'm loving reading this now another thread that I am finding while reading these reviews a lot of health classes show this film oh that and people seem to like it from health class which is so weird we watch it every year in health not bad smiley face emoji like that was one of them wow <laughs> maybe that's why maybe like oh we're not learning today we're watching a movie today and then people like end up enjoying it <laughs> yeah I mean I guess anything's better than like like looking at pictures of syphilis in your health book right even though we had to do that in this movie (laughs) yeah we did we definitely did in a google search yeah oh Oh my god okay last one i'll read because i could go on forever you've you've led me down a rabbit hole with reading this sorry yeah it's always a fun time i like that too sorry there's go ahead three more i want to read (laughs) (laughs) go ahead go ahead four four damn it these are so good okay here are my four some of them are short heather g one star wonderful a bunch of sex-crazed nymphos giving each other syphilis. <laughs> that 
that's it? That's the whole review? No, 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 no. It gets better. I can watch that here, wherever here is. No need to turn my TV on. One star. Wow. <laughs> God. Why okay. is she so anti? Like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. She's like the only prude in town, Heather G. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, this is Elena N. Elena N. Seriously? It's movies like these that make parents paranoid. I can't believe I even managed to sit through this piece of melodramatic crap. Of course, everybody who has sex picks up random kids off the street to do it with. Of course, the first boy who takes you on, your precious daughter, is going to force her to do something. Of course, anyone who watches porn is bad, bad person. Of course, every single house party has random orgies uh, in every room. Oh, wait. This is like one where you have to press continue. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. Continue. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. I was going to be like, no. Of course, every single house party has random orgies in every room. Abstinence is totally the only effective method of sex education. And parents who preach safe sex condom use are only doing it because they want their kids to get popular. Oh, and by the way, kids only have sex to get popular. Hey, Lifetime. Capitalize. <laughs> get over yourselves. <laughs> it's not done, by the way. Oh, God. This is not insight into teenage life. This is an extremely inaccurate, overblown portrayal of syphilis of syphilis epidemic. And what pisses me off the most <laughs> is that the mother in this movie is incredibly overprotective and smothering. But at the end, she's vindicated because her, co- her daughter caught an STD <laughs> and got pressured into doing something she didn't want to do. And just as a side note, blowjobs, and she does like an equals not equal sign. So I guess... Blow- not I guess equal. She means, yeah, okay. That's what she means, yeah. Blowjobs do not equal sex. They are just aren't. Blowjobs are sexual, so S-E-X, capital U-A-L. <laughs> so blowjobs are sexual, but they are not sex. Thank you. So maybe this is just my personal opinion and a whole lot of ranting, but there's very little I hate more than any kind of media that advocates really, really ignorant views on sex and morality. As long as you look at your daughter up and refuse to let her date until she's 30, she won't get syphilis. Oh, God. Come on now, Lifetime. Your channel's supposed to be for women, uh, not oppressing them. Ooh. Uh, half a star. Ooh. <laughs> that was a good one. Elena got fired up there in the middle. I felt the rage. I love it. I love it. Okay, so just two more, and these are short. Good. This one is from Casua Monique is the queen, so bow down. That is her username. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This girl is 14 and is a little sleazebag. Ill. <laughs> Ill she, she, Ill, she couldn't have been my daughter. I'm not trying to read in an accent. This is how it's spelled. She couldn't have been my daughter because I would put have put her out. She grown enough to do this. She grown enough to live on her own. Five stars. <laughs> the juxtaposition is perfect. Oh, God, Monique, you got me. You took me on a ride there. Whew. And last one, because this is just so absurd. It's only one sentence long. Uh... Her profile name or his profile name, I'm not sure, is star question mark, like bracket thing, Tiana, bracket thing, Yuri, bracket, bracket, question mark, star. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This would have to be by far the best Lifetime movie ever. Okay. You know, that's normal, right? There are no E's spelled in that sentence. She only (laughs) uses threes, like, you know, like backwards, like a three backwards is an E. Oh, God. So that's how this sentence is spelled. Oh God! <laughs> like this would HAV three two B three far TH three. When you when B3, you do the write up of this movie, you have to only put threes in it and no e's. <laughs> oh God! I should definitely at least in a sentence of it. Wow. Yeah. 
Just like you could just put this review just at the bottom. We should definitely do this again. You know, I know a lot of podcasts look at reviews, and it's always funny. So it, like, I don't necessarily want to do it with all my movies, but I'm Lifetime realizing movies, that, like, yeah, like li- yes, Lifetime movies deserve this treatment for sure. No question about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the right audience for it that'll like get you know Elena all fired up in the fucking IMDb <laughs> comments for sure. Oh. Okay, so 70% by the audience, but you know, Joe, we do things uh, differently here. We do that A to F report card grade, so what will you give She's Too Young? I give it four and a half mouth sores. (laughs) (laughs) So that is like four and a half, I guess five is A. That's like an A minus, right? Yeah, I would say say that. It's really good. I want a modern day remake of this film. Where Lifetime acknowledges how crazy it is. They like reshoot it, same script, exact same <laughs> dialogue, but just with better production and like them knowing. Actually, you know what? Bring Marsha Marsha Gay Harden back and like let her play the <laughs> mom again, just like way older. And I think that we would have a really f- actually bring everyone back and let them <laughs> all be forty year olds <laughs> in this movie and I'll be really excited. I, uh, you know, I, I put it in that B range. I really liked it. Uh, again, for what it was, I think if, again, you have to see it in the prism of 2004. Yes. And what Lifetime was doing in 2004. I don't think you could see it in the prism of today and feel the same way. No. I was thinking, too, this would be interesting to see if instead of, like, the focus being on teenage girls, the focus was on teenage guys and see if, like, people were as sympathetic you know, because uh, what if they were definitely... what if they were really horned up girls that were like yeah, pressuring? Yeah, like the the book smart super bad reversal of this film, and it's like the girls are the ones that are like causing this, impressing it, and they're like like make out with me or like just <laughs> all the all the cool boys are doing it. You know, yeah. like unzipping their own pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. Like, you know, it would be way we're... it would be way interesting. I agree. It's 2020. Yeah. It's time for that. <laughs> it is. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so what uh what cheese too young sleeping bag would you bring to the slumber party? Um I think that my cheese too young sleeping bag would, Oh god. Sorry, I had to get it out. <laughs> it would be a pamphlet on secondary virginity is what it would be <laughs> and i would just wrap myself in a giant oh my God, born so again good. virgin pamphlet that's what it would be like I a doctor's one like a threefold and i would just like burrito up into that that's what my sleeping bag would be i love it it's so good i know i couldn't I, that's the first thing that came to my brain too and i was like this is really good perfect perfect thank <laughs> you oh all right, this is one of my favorite questions, and I decided that I don't really want to spoil some of our the movies that we might be doing okay. in the future. So I'm going to ask, uh, you know, there's always Rent Two Movies, Get One Free, where yeah. you and I are having a slumber party, and we got to pick, if one of the films we're watching is She's Too Young, what are the other two? And I'm going to restrict it to Lifetime movies again. But okay. it can't it can't be teenage ones. Oh, just so we can get our scope on some of the other ones that we wouldn't be covering here, but they're maybe just as good. Okay, college and up, we'll say. Yeah, I would go one of my other ones that's of this era. One of my favorite Lifetime movies is Glasshouse Two: The Good Mother. That one is incredible. It's actually a continuation of The Good Mother. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's Glasshouse to the Good Mother, and it's the continuation of the Good Mother. Yes, process it. It's as good as it sounds. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that one's incredible. That's the those two are about mothers that poison their children to keep them dependent on themselves, to, to keep them dependent oh on the God. mother. Yeah, I think that would play into the like the oppressive mother in this one. Oh man, and let me think of another one. Oh, what else would I do? What else was I getting? Um, without like spoiling some that I want to do here. Uh, you know what? I would do the. Did I did I say the college brothel one before? I don't know, but if you haven't, say it again because it sounds great. <laughs> I would do the one with the cheerleaders that are in call. Did I say that? I feel like I did. Oh, you did. Yes, I remember. Now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fuck. Let me let me think for one because second. Because it was on our uh, on our cheerleader episode. So. Yeah. Um. What are some other good Lifetime movies we saw recently? No, my favorites that we've been watching recently. Not in high school, though. Oh. Or some of the ones that we were just watching. Deadly Influencer is good, but that one is kind of high school. That's our cool new... <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, dev- definitely Deadly Influencer, where the girl is kind of high school adjacent, but she's like a- an influencer that like ruins this girl's life. There's a singing part in the film... <laughs> um, I would I would never pick this one, but it's like how like social media influencers are are dangerous. Oh, and what's sorry, what's it called again? It's not that one. But I don't remember what the singing one's called. It's not the singing one. There's actually not a singing part in that one. Okay. And okay. sorry, what's the title? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I said that one already. <laughs> yeah, we got cheerleaders on the mind. Sorry. I'm so sorry for dragging this on. Double Daddy. <laughs> what? Um, what? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That was a good one. Like, fuck, but we might use that one. God damn it, we need ones that aren't that aren't. Yeah, god damn it. Yeah, same. I got the high school ones on the brain. Let me go through the ones that I just downloaded. Hold on, sorry, but whatever one you whatever one you said that we might use, make sure you write that down and don't forget it. Oh, we I, we got so many. There's. So, it's just endless, brother. Double Daddy sounds amazing. So yeah, that's the one where he he gets the new girl in school and his girlfriend pregnant at the same time, and they have a showdown in the woods. Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I got one. Not a high school one. It's it's a little bit on the the end of that realm, and I would pick to be fat like me because it's another Lifetime movie that has like a moral to it. It's trying to teach a lesson, and Kelly Kuko is the main actress, and she wears a fat suit to see how people will shame her for being fat throughout the film. Oh my god! Yeah, so it, it like so I kept it in the era this time. Okay, like it just was like three films from like oh four, oh six, and oh seven. Okay, and these are like three of my favorite classic Lifetime films that came. So good. Yeah. Sorry. There's a great scene in To Be Fat Like Me where she, like, it's it sounds horrible, and I promise, it's, like, it's only funny because it's Lifetime, not because of the content, but, like, she gets, like, sad or something, and she's with another girl, and and she's wearing the fat suit, and she befriends 
a girl who's who's a little overweight and like they get sad together because of how they're being treated and she opens her glove box and has a Snickers in it and she's like yeah I always keep a Snickers in my glove box like for times like this and like that's just it's so perfect <laughs> especially with like the new Snickers you're, you're like you're not yourself when yeah. you're hungry like there's yeah, yeah sorry that's that's a really good scene it's like tattooed into my brain oh it's so good oh my god like and I just like googled it she's not even that fat to be fat like me at least that's what the picture looks like yeah 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 (laughs) no she's not but she puts a fat suit on and then like has to you know get harassed and stuff so oh Oh, interesting (laughs) yeah well again always appreciate having you on joan always appreciate you bringing me these wonderful uh lifetime i hope that you're enjoying them are you are you like i am okay again one of the best parts and and i know I know this is not going to be a diss to them for you, but one of the best parts is that they're so short and oh, easy to yeah, digest. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. They're so easy to bang out and talk about, you know? So, yeah. So that's what's great about it. I hope the audience is enjoying them as well. They're definitely a departure from a lot of the stuff we do, and, and they're really fun. Thanks. Well, I'm glad that you liked them. I'll, I will keep bringing fun ones along for you if you want to keep doing them, because it's a great like piece of film that I love. So, yeah, it's always fun to introduce them to people. And like if, you, if you're in the right mindset for them, they're a blast, so... <laughs> All right, Joe, where can people follow you, find you, listen to you, more importantly, perhaps? Joey and I currently during, well, like for a while now, I don't know when this is coming out, but we've been doing like a bunch of episodes on Too Fast, Too Forever, where we talk about the Fast and the Furious movies over and over and over again on loop, which is not as boring as it sounds, I promise. You've been a guest on our show. Kyle's been a guest on our show. A lot of guys that you probably have heard here have been there too. And um, all we do is pretty much laugh about the Fast and the Furious movies and talk about them really in depth and pick apart the things and stuff like that. Um, we've been doing a whole bunch of classic car movies this lap. So if you ever like those or just wanted to talk about some interesting car- classic car movies, uh, we do that over there. So check us out. Too Fast, Too Forever.com. It's been an awesome journey, that show, because I, I think I might have said this last time, but. <laughs> You're past just breaking down the movie, and you're just having fun. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> it's really departed. Like, if hey, if you want to listen about Fast and the Furious movies, listen to the early ones. If you want to listen about just wacky nonsense, listen to the newer ones. Like, it's always based around the film, but we talk about everything, so. Like, five laps from now, oh, who yeah. knows where we'll all be, but I want to go back onto it. Too Fast, Too Furious, and just talk about the film from Suki's perspective. Like, oh, ignore everything yes. else that happens. Welcome almost, back. And yeah. just have a Suki-centric episode. I think that would be fun. I mean... Yeah, like, what was she doing in the background? Like, what... Can we talk about, like, just, like, if we wrote... If we rewrote it just from her point of view, what would it be like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't want to program your show, but how awesome would it be? Hey, man, I'm gonna need help, because we're doing this forever. Because <laughs> every scene she's in, you know, you could talk about normally, and then we have to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Oh, and we could all bring our theories. That's mm-hmm. cool. I like that. <laughs> I really like this, too. I'll pitch it to Joey. We'll definitely do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so cool. Well, again, appreciate it. And, you know, till next time, Joe, whether it be here, perhaps a Twilight film or wherever. Uh, <laughs> have a good one. You too, buddy. Thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> Some of the titles of those Lifetime films, all I can say is I can't wait. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Big 
thank you to Joe too. This was so awesome. And I decided to keep a little bit of a banter between him and his lovely wife, Rachel, uh, just going over those lifetime titles. I'm not sure if you could hear it, but if you want to go back and put your volume a little bit higher and you could hear her in the background, they're just going back and forth over lifetime films that they've seen. And some of the, again, some of those titles and I love it. We've had Rachel on actually. She was on, I think, Fab Five? Yeah, The Texas Cheerleading Scandal. I think she was on that one. One of the cheerleading movies. She's great. I want to get her on again as well for a Lifetime film because, yeah, we have so much fun. The two of us, the three of us, love it. Can't speak enough about the fun we have in this series. Have I said fun enough? I'm going to say it again. This was fun. (laughs) Next episode, a little bit of homework for you. It's a Netflix film. Maybe we should have done it Halloween month, but it came out in that month. Didn't have the time. Decided to cover it now. The film is called Vampires vs. The Bronx. What's popping, y'all? It's your girl Gloria coming at you live. If you see a kid that's riding a bike two sizes too big for him, that's his little man trying to save the neighborhood. And speaking of saving the neighborhood, what's up with all these missing person flyers? Yo. Check out the courthouse. They're turning it into apartments? Y'all know how this starts. Them white people with canvas bags? That's always the first sign. Hey, what you doing down here, bro? It's too late to fight back now. We are going to wipe you out like the vermin you are. We got vampires in the Bronx. Nobody gonna care that Slim disappeared. Why? Because he's a gangbanger? Nah, homie. Because he's from the Bronx, like us. There's a lot of things happening in this neighborhood right now. Keep your eyes open. All right. Yo, that was mad vague, dog. What do you uh, do for work? Real estate. Are you seriously out at night when you know there's a couple of vampires running around? We're gonna need some garlic and some wooden steaks, like right the hell now. Going to the nest and take out every last one of them. One night with you guys and I already have vampires and thugs trying to kill me. Oh yeah. I'm not a Bronx guy, but I am a New York guy. I love a stone's throw away from the Bronx. I can't wait. Someone told me there's some Dominicans in this as a Dominican-American myself. Excited to see that as well. You don't really see a lot of Dominican-American representation in high school films, so looking forward to this. And our guest will be one of your favorites, Cousin Pumpkin. He'll be here, and we're going to chat all about Vampires vs. the Bronx. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. We'll ask him about the status of his Powerline tattoo. Let's see the progress on that. I'll let you know as well. We're also trying to rope in another cousin to join us. I'm not sure he can be kind of a flake with these things, but, well, if you stop by on Friday, same High School Slumber Party Network, Cage Club, Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening right now, you'll find out if we got him involved or not. But, yeah, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully you listen on Friday. And remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. I'm going to leave you with some isolation right like i isolated a song that i think is from the rapper in this film kingpin pimp 
<laughs> Hopefully it is. I don't know if there's a rapper out there that I'm not crediting because of it. I apologize. Let me know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let me know what you think about this episode and whatever else you want to talk about. Remember, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So without further ado, let's do it. Kingpin Pimp with some random rap song. Later, dudes. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.